Hey, welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. Uh, it's the same guys you hear every week. Uh, Nick and Brennan. We're back again. Got coffee today. It's a, it's a coffee kind of day. We're dealing with the time change, you know. Yeah. We're making it work. We're powering through and uh, bringing the energy today. Yeah. And it's cold, so it is cold. it's a perfect day for hot chocolate and coffee. There it is. Yep. Let's do it. So we're in a new series. Yeah. Um, this is the second week of this series. Yes. Second we week, yeah. We questions last week, and this week we talk about hope. Yep. So, speaking of hope, mm-hmm. I know you're hopeful in Christ, which we'll talk about in a little sure. bit. Yep. We have our hope in Him. But there are things in this world that we hope for. What are you hopeful for today? Mm. Man, what am I hopeful for? Good question. I think, um, I think I'm just hopeful for God to continue blessing us as a church in this season. Mm. Uh, we've definitely felt His blessings. Uh, we've always felt His blessings, but you know, you just feel them more yeah. acutely from time to time. And we've definitely felt them in this season. I'm just, man, I'm just really hopeful that God's going to continue to pour out that blessing and um, that we will remain in Him, abide in Him, be faithful. Because I, I just believe he'll bless that. No matter what that looks like, you know. Grow us, shrink us, stretch us. You know, whatever it looks like, I just want to kind of be in that place. And I think when you come out of a, a hard season like COVID. Right, yeah. Those blessings become, you become more aware of those things. For sure. Just like any hard season, you appreciate them more, the little things. that maybe we've missed in the past or whatnot. So, yeah, I think, I think right now we're in a, a season that's been good to us yes uh, season of blessing yeah you wouldn't know the sweet if you hadn't tasted the bitter absolutely Absolutely. it's a good thing yeah how about you man i did not have the jesus answer today but i i'm hopeful (laughs) for all those things um we were kind of talking pre-podcast about sports and uh right now it's transitioning into really the games that matter in basketball uh, in the nba so i'm hopeful the pelicans have a pretty good uh big game tonight (laughs) against the lakers so i'm hopeful that we'll pull it off even with injuries Uh, i enjoy that's my one sports team that i follow Mm -hmm. and i follow pretty hard Mm -hmm. and so you defined hope in your sermon and it was funny because in your sermon you talk about we add this layer of expecting disappointment right and with the pelicans i have a pretty big layer of just listen man if we don't make it you're talking to a Dolphins fan. So, <laughs> so you get you know, it. Yeah. Disappointment is literally built oh, in. Man. They haven't won a playoff game since the year, I think the year 2000. Oh, wow. So they, and they've only made the playoffs a couple of times, but haven't won. The next, there's only one team worse than that is how, how far their drought has been is the Detroit Lions. Well, yeah, I didn't think they were that bad. So I, I feel you on that they, one. They've had good years, but they've never gotten, never gotten over that hump again. You know, in so many years, in the 90s when I was growing up, they were uh, they were really good. Yeah. Marino years, the later Marino years, but they were still great. And Yeah, and I've subjected my son, Gus, to this now. He's a big <laughs> Dolphins fan, and so his entire life, they've been mediocre to bad. That's and how you know you're a true fan. That's right. He's going to earn it. This year when we win the Super Bowl, it's going to be, man, it's going to be crazy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely hopeful on the sports front, too, with free agency and good things happening for them. They're building a great team. They're building a, a Super Bowl-level team. Now they got to go win them. Yep. So, yeah, we can you know, we can talk about, you know, the Jesus answers and the, Absolutely. like, yeah. this is also the other stuff we care about because all that stuff is, you know, it's all part of our lives. And, and I, I know for a fact that, like, if my Pelicans are disaster, 
disastrous, like my life is not going to crumble to pieces. Yeah. And if they win everything, my my life isn't going to get that much more better That's than what right. it already is yet. So I think as Christians, we can enjoy this. Well, thing. you're better about that than I am Dolphins games because it usually takes me about 24 hours to fully. <laughs> uh, by like Monday afternoon, I'm back to myself. But in the interim, I'm like, man, I don't know. I think my life is lesser because the Dolphins <laughs> lost. So you know, I'm I'm like a. Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish, man. Even the Dolphins make me cry. Okay, so but we'll get through it. Hope, I'll give you grace on the days. Hope remains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about hope this week in your sermon. Uh, give us, give us a little overview. What, what did we talk about? We're in Mark chapter five, verses twenty-one through forty-three. Kind of, we'll go through that story, but just give us the the overview of yeah of hope. Well, you know, it's it's all about this series. What what is most essential that Jesus teaches us? What are the critical elements of following Jesus, knowing Jesus, that he brings to us? Well, you know, hope, again, every one of these things could kind of be at the top of the list, but uh, hope is right up there. And so when we are in Christ, we have a hope that will not fail us, both in the here and now and in eternity. In, in eternity. And that's what we really focused on. That was really the crux of the message. Yeah. And you used uh, the story of Jesus in, in, in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. We're not going to read this, mm-hmm. but really what's happening here is Jesus is teaching and preaching. He's, he's going on the other side of, of this place. Um, is it the Sea of Galilee? Yeah. Is that, yeah, the Sea of Galilee. And this guy comes up to him. Uh, he's Jarius. He's one of the synagogue rulers. So he, he comes up to Jesus and he tells Jesus he's in need. Mm-hmm. He's really in a hopeless place says his daughter is dying, and he would like Jesus to come and to heal her. Mm-hmm. So Jesus goes, but on the way, he kind of gets interrupted. Right. And so let's let's talk about Jairus for, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He he comes to Jesus. He knows the source to go to. Right. It's not like he's going to somebody else. He knows that Jesus can heal. And then he has hope put back into him once yeah. Jesus starts on that well, it's, you know, his, his part of the story is, is really amazing because he's a synagogue ruler, which means he's a leader mm-hmm. in that synagogue. He's probably the leader yeah. uh, in that synagogue. And so you're talking about a guy who's Jewish, mm-hmm. right, and is a bigwig in that local, you know, Judaic congregation. And here he is saying, I've heard about this Jesus and I know about what he's done because I've been hearing about it. This is, you know, the text doesn't say this, yeah. but, you know, it's most likely how he's gotten word of this. And he finds himself at this place of desperation. His, his daughter's dying. And so Jairus does what, you know, anybody would do under that situation. We're like, man, I, I need help and I'm desperate. Yeah. And so I've heard of this guy can do this. I, I, what I'm hearing, and probably from the people he was hearing it from, something made him believe. Mm. And, you know, you can't discount faith, and you can't discount mm. how much God is leading him in this. Like, there's, there's parts of that we don't know. We can ask when we, when we get to heaven. But what, what can only be assumed, right, is he's seen something, heard something that has increased his faith in this man. And he wants to, he's desperate. And so he's going to him saying, I believe you can do this. Yeah. I, I need your help. And, you know, of course, as you say, on the way, I have a woman uh, with this issue of blood where she's been bleeding. I think it's, I think it's 12 years. Yeah. And she's just desperate too. So you have both mm. sides of this, right? And he, uh, 
as Jesus is on his way with Jairus, he gets interrupted by the woman touching his cloak. It's a story that most everybody who will watch the podcast will probably be familiar with. But she also has this amazing level of faith. And she's also coming from a very desperate place. Yeah. Because, and I don't know how much we get into this later, I guess we can No, we can do it right now. So, you know, she comes from this very desperate place of 12 years, she's been dealing with this issue of blood, which, you know, has kept her ceremoniously unclean, uh, because other people that want to be ceremonially clean cannot be around her. Can't touch her. If they get around her, they can't go to temple. And so they're not going to do that. So she's isolated in ways that would probably, like, we don't even fully understand in the story, her level of desperation. Even the fact that she's broken through the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus. That's dangerous for her. Like, (laughs) it's probably, yeah, probably kind of not. The other people would be like, that's not cool, right? But she's desperate and she's doing what she needs to do because she believes in faith. And, you know, faith is obviously a a central tenet of this story. It's it's a core part of the story. She believes, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be healed. Why does she think that? (laughs) I have no idea. I mean, it's interesting, though, when she... So she touches Jesus' cloak, him, whatever, and he asks a question. There's there's a huge crowd around him. He says... Who touched me? <laughs> yeah. And like you said in your sermon, the disciples are like, Jesus, there are so many people around you. Yeah. What a silly question. Yeah. But it's funny because I believe Jesus knew who touched oh, him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's Jesus. Yeah. But he gives this opportunity to this woman to worship him. Mm-hmm. That's what I, whenever you're talking about that, that's what I kind of zoned in on was it's great to have faith. Mm-hmm. It's great to believe in Jesus, but that faith has to lead us to something. Has to, we have to put our faith in Him to be our Lord. We have to worship Him. And so He gives this opportunity to this woman to say, Yes, I believe. I, I, I have faith. And now I'm going to bow down and worship you. Are you willing to go public with your faith? Yeah, because He could have just let her. She could have just walked away and been like, Whoa. She immediately knew she was healed. Mm. You know, she knew something was different, right? She had tried everything, the text says, that she tried all the doctors. She'd gone broke, as a matter of fact, spending all her money, the text tells us, to be able to be healed. And, you know, probably a bunch of quacks telling her to do this and do that, and none of it worked. Yeah. So, you know, desperation at every level, you know, personally and physically and, and every way, shape, spiritually, every way, shape, and form. And so, you know, she comes there, and, and yeah, it is interesting that the text says they both fell at, that fell at their feet, you know, fell at Jesus' feet. But, yeah. you know, I've just always found that part of the story, well, the whole thing is interesting, but, you know, why does she believe that particular piece? I, I, think, it's, I think it's probably partially, that's maybe the only part she can get to. She knows she may not be able to get that near to Jesus because of the crush of people. Yeah. But if I can just, just barely touch him, yeah. right? Which, you know, maybe she's a little more unnoticeable going for that. Yeah. You know, you think about the isolation that she's had. She knows if she touches anyone or if anyone notices who she is and is around, like they would freak out and, and she would be you know, punished for that most likely. And so she's just trying to do everything to, to get close to Jesus. I, I think you probably hit on it there is that she knows because she's people have made it abundantly clear to her, don't touch me yeah. because I'll be ceremoniously unclean. 
And so she, partially she thinks, I, I can't touch the rabbi mm. because I'm going to make him ceremoniously unclean. But if I just touch his cloak, if I just touch his cloak and who will even know, yeah. right? Who will even know? But if I, I just believe if I could j just get a brush of that kind of, you know, that backside glory, right? Could you imagine when amazing. she touches him and then he asks that question yeah. and she's like, what? I've been caught. How did I not get away But that? to yeah. even have the faith to say it was me and bow down and worship him, mm -hmm. like to those around her who knew her and then was like, she touched Jesus. Right. Whoa. And she's healed. Like there's there's a connection even for the, the outsiders of this story to see the glory and the hope in Jesus mm -hmm. is that this guy can heal. This guy yeah, is and, and you know, Jesus is whole. And we, we talk about this in the last, or well, the next to last part of this series when we get into compassion. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the essentials of Jesus, love and compassion, of course, are very tightly tied together. We, we see Jesus' compassion in this. You know, he, he cares about her and loves her in spite of everybody else rejecting her. And, and I hope that people who are listening and watching the podcast hear that message, you know, no matter where you are today, how you're feeling, how others are making you feel, um, you are loved and not rejected by Jesus. Absolutely. And so I would just encourage you, you know, do what she did, fall at the feet of Jesus. You know, Brendan's been talking about that. Worship him, follow him, give him your life, uh, repent of your sins, be baptized into him, right? This is the, this is how we respond mm -hmm. to the gospel. Uh, and there's, you know, for anybody who believes, who has faith like Jairus did, who has faith like this woman did, you know, you, you make a choice about how you're going to, what you're going to do with that. Yeah. It's critical. And, and I think even for Christians today, whenever we do find ourselves in, in a place where we feel like all hope is lost, like our, our duty, our obligation, our obedience should call us to worship. Yeah. Like even though times are hard, mm -hmm. we know the central focus of our life is Christ. And so we should go there for our hope, for our power, for um, our reassurance in the life to come. You know, And that's kind of what you got at in, in your first point. You talked about we have, and so did the, the characters in the story, we have a hope for healing. Mm -hmm. Like we know the healer, yeah. and so we can have hope. Yeah, you know, there, there was. There's always a fine line to walk in this because I recognize that the, that the skeptic, and you know, we all are skeptics to some degree, but but twofold. One, you don't. You want to speak to the heart of people who are tired, they're worn out, cynicism has taken hold of their life, and they just don't believe that things can be different than the way they are right now. And the truth of the matter is, they absolutely can be. You need to have faith, you need to believe, you need to trust Jesus. And you also need to recognize that them being different and being better than they are right now won't always be a straight line, you know? Uh, it won't always be you're just going to suddenly have everything be the way that you want it to be. Yeah. But you can't give up hope and you can't stop trying. And so recognizing that we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord, we're going to petition Him for what it is we need, what we'd like, what we want, and it's not an interruption. We talked about that in the yeah. same way that, you know, this woman who came to Jesus while he was on the way to go heal Jairus' daughter was not an interruption. You bringing those things to Jesus, he wants that, right? He invites that part of the relationship. So don't stop believing on that. Sorry to quote the song. But, you know, don't stop believing that Jesus can do that, can have things be different than they are for you today, right? And recognize the eternal part. Yeah. Right? 
that the good news is that no matter what happens to us in the here and now, when we are in Christ, no matter what happens in the here and now, Jesus has already done everything he needs to do for us, to deliver us. Mm. And that Mm. is, you know, sometimes when you say that, as a pastor or as a Christian, you think, okay, well, this is just your way of yeah, kind of getting around, out, it, getting yeah. around. But it, but the truth is, it it isn't. It's just the truth, yeah. and it's it's really critical that Christians do the hard wrestling in this. That says, yes, I may not get the answer for the prayer that I want in the here and now, but if I really have faith and believe that Jesus is who He says He is, that He really did rise from the dead and defeat death and sin for me. Well, yes, then, I can have everything that I need and want in the next life. And so no matter what, I'm delivered. No matter what, things can and will be different. I just might not like the timing, yeah. right? But th- that's a critical thing that Christians have to wrestle with. Mm. And it's, it's not a cop-out. It's just the truth. Mm. And, and I think that's the hard thing when you're standing up there preaching a message to people that you know need and want deliverance right now. Yeah. But what and the good news is you can offer that to them. You can offer them that deliverance right now. It just might not always take the picture, or, you know, of, of what they expect, right? Exactly. And and I, I think about it. Somebody with a, a physical ailment. You're right. Yeah. And they pray for healing for a long time, and it, and it never comes. Yep. For me, hope helps me to transition my the way I look at whatever is ailing me mm-hmm. like my hope in christ if i have a physical ailment now now my mind frame has shifted off of even off of myself onto christ onto others and it helps me to get in a place where i do feel hopeful no matter what my circumstances are mm-hmm. if that makes sense and i feel like jarius may have felt that way we talked about interruptions when this lady interrupts jesus Jerry's Jerry's daughter dies. Yeah, right. Yes. And and if somebody comes in and tells him, and I can imagine the hope that just leaves him for a second. Ooh. It's like Jesus was on his way. He could have made it, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. But the story doesn't end there. Jesus goes and he heals his daughter. He raises her from the dead, and and worship takes place. Hope is restored. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't believe the text says that Jairus ever lost hope. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, he felt something. Oh yeah, had to have. You, I mean, you yeah. have to feel defeated in that moment, and that's exactly the point we were just making: is that when you don't get what you want in this life, in the here and now, you will feel there will be disappointment, and that's okay. That's all right to be intellectually honest about that and feel those emotions. But then you need to look at the next part of the story. The story's not over, right? Your story's not over. And your story actually never ends relative to eternity. It it might have a termination, well, it will have a termination point in this life. But that's not the end, right? It's like a coda. And so then you you jump to the next life, to the next part. And in that part of your life, which is eternal, you have been delivered. You have been resurrected. You know, you are alive again, yeah. just like Jairus' daughter. Yeah. And so, yes, you will feel disappointment when you don't get what you want in the here and now, when your loved one passes away. Mm-hmm. You know, when 
you're sick and you just can't seem to get better. Uh, when your friend passes away, when you know somebody suffers a defeat in, in work or in their personal life or whatever, and you prayed for the opposite to happen and it doesn't happen, those defeats will happen in a broken and sinful world. They will. There's no way around that. But there is deliverance on the other side of it. But that's, you know, that all comes back down to faith. None of it's easy. Like none, of us, none of us talk about this and pretend like it's easy when we're going through it. When I'm going through it, it's not easy. It's hard. Yeah. You know, it is. And I, th I believe that those points in our lives help us in the sanctification process of looking more like Christ. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have two ways we can go about it. We can either, you know, continue to hope in worldly things, we continue to not worship, or we can worship Jesus during these hard times. Yeah. And, and I think the decision that we make will impact us in the long term. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think about things that I've been through, and when I've chosen to worship Jesus through those times, when I get out on the other side, how I can then point people who are in similar positions to the hope that I had in Christ. Mm -hmm. If I didn't worship Jesus, how can I point anyone towards him during their toughest moments? Right. And so I think as, as believers, I mean, James talks about that the testing of our faith produces endurance. Mm. That endurance then, in and of itself, then leads us to completeness or wholeness. And that wholeness is in Christ. That's right. It's not in ourselves. It's not in any hope that the world offers. Because we know that those things are brittle. That those things will, those foundations will break. It's only in Christ. That's right. So we need to do what Jesus said to Jairus, which was, I think, don't worry, just believe. Is that what he says? Oh, it's hard. I don't remember the exact uh, verbiage. Uh, it might says, not mean don't worry, but I think. <laughs> he says, yeah. Um, so the people in the, uh, that were in the synagogue, they, they, were, they said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Yeah. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's don't be afraid. Just believe. It's like he. I mean, he knew what Jairus was feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's like I still got you. Yeah. You're not. You're not interrupting me. Uh -huh. You're not making this an inconvenience for me. Yeah. I still will set out to do what I told you I was going to do. But you know that Jairus was afraid. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We absolutely know he was. And I mean, he's heartbroken in this moment. But Jesus immediately comes back to him in that moment and restores his spirit, right? Yeah. And I believe that, that that's kind of the part of the, the first part of this message was about let Jesus restore your spirit of hopefulness yeah. and don't let this life crush you. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't stay in that place because you serve the Lord Jesus Christ who is the God of miracles, who is a God of healing, who is a God of hope. And so trust him. But just recognize, yeah, the truth of the matter is you won't always get what you want out of those prayers in the here and now. But you're trusting Him both in this life and in the next. And if you're trusting Him in both, you are 100% guaranteed of getting what you need. 100% guaranteed. I mean, who can beat that? <laughs> nobody. There's no, right? there's no other success rate that can, that can match that. That's, That's for sure. it. It's, a good, it's good news. Yeah. Yep. So we call it the gospel. That's it. Amen. That is it. Any other thoughts to wrap up this? Uh, this no, man, I think, I think that, that does it. You know, we, we talk about the, those foundational truths and the essential things that Jesus teaches us. I just, 
you know, my prayer for Sunday was that people were just going to leave a little more hopeful than they came in. You know, somebody who was really struggling with something would you know, find some measure of hope and help. And I, I heard from several people who said that it, it did help them. And I That's thought, okay, good. You know, the, the Holy Spirit continues to move and speak and encourage. And this is why we're preaching this series. It's why I was excited to share this is because I get excited about just putting Jesus before people and yeah. just saying, this is what you're looking for. Here I loved, I loved, I think it was this week, I yeah. believe it was this week, where you were making a point and then you just stopped and you were like, this is more beautiful than I can articulate. Right. I just yeah. want to show you this and let yeah. you like bask in this oh, because man. there's a beauty in it. I can't tell you how many times I feel like that because, you know, you as the preacher, you as the speaker, you you feel so inadequate mm. to sum up in words yeah. what you know in your heart sometimes, what it is you have experienced by knowing Jesus. It, it cannot be articulated, mm. oftentimes. And so, yes, there are many times, and this past Sunday was one of them, where I just stood before our people feeling like, I don't know how to say this in a way that really carries the weight and the momentum of who Jesus is to you. Yeah. So I'm just going to tell you I'm struggling in that. Yeah. But I want you to, I want you to try to see him. That's what we're here to do. So, and it's what we've been here to do. Yeah. <laughs> to struggle through this. That's yeah. right. <laughs> struggle through the pocket. <laughs> point you to Jesus. That's Absolutely. all we're here to do. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So what are you excited for? What you, what's got going on in your life? What do I have going on? I don't know. It's a, it's a relatively quiet, calm before the storm of Easter. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot going on from, uh, I'm looking forward to Compassion Sunday here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think most recently I saw that we have nearly 300 people coming on our campus to go through the Compassion Experience. So I think about all the opportunities for those kids that are going to be adopted through you know, Compassion and yeah. kids that are very much in need around the world that are going to be picked up and sponsored. Um, we got a letter just recently from, from our one of our kids. We have one with Compassion and another one with one of the other groups. And honestly, I don't remember which one, which group it was with. But um, we, got, we got the letter and, you know, just still cool because he's about to turn. Or I think he just turned 18. Oh, wow. So, you know, we've, I think we've gotten to sponsor him for, I don't know, 12 years. It's been a while, right, to watch him grow up. And uh, pretty, pretty neat. Uh, and to get to be a part of somebody's life like that and to think about, you know, nearly 300 people, probably will be over 300 people by the time it's all said and done and we get here in a couple of weeks. So if you haven't signed up for the Compassion Experience, you can do that through our website. And uh, just it's definitely will be worth it. We'll yeah. learn a lot. Yeah, it's going to be cool. That's what I'm excited about. Sweet. And other stuff, yeah. I'm sure. But, you know, i got to give you the Jesus answers. So, you know, feel feel free if you want to talk about the game tonight. So, yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited about that. But I don't, like I said earlier, I get a thrill out of it. But that's not ultimately what fulfills me. Um, discovering galleys happening this Sunday, yeah. that's what fulfills me. No, that's like, awesome. Getting to hear people's story, their faith journey, where they're at, where they've been. Like to me, that gets me amped up on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Like to see Christ and other people, or to see people who who are struggling with understanding what Jesus did for them. Mm -hmm. Like wherever you're at, I mean, discovering Galilee is the place that you should be. We talk about what we believe, and get plugged in, who we are as a church. Um, it's a fun time, and we have a nice little group this week. Um, last night, we had somebody plan their visit to Galilee for the first time, yeah. and had a question and I was like, man, we want to be here to answer those questions. Right. And it was cool to be able to email them and to kind of like say, hey, we want you to feel safe in this place. 
let us make your first time as easy as it can be. Yeah, love all that stuff you're doing. You know, the plan your visit. If you guys are watching this and you don't come to Galilee yet, uh, that's a great way to kind of well, you know, plan your visit. Be comfortable. You know, answer your questions before you get here. And because it's one of the hardest things we we find in the church world is just getting people through that door for the first time, because there is a lot of fear and trepidation about going any new place yeah. where there's a lot of people. You know, and, and be uncomfortable. But bottom line is, we try to take a lot of the fear out of that. And by the time you get here and Brennan's done with you, you'll know all the answers to your questions. Yeah, so, we try. We good. try. We, we will show you that we're not a cult. Oh, yes. And that we're yes. a safe place to be. You know? We hide all the snakes when you visit. So. Yeah. On your second, on your second Sunday. We'll yeah, we, everybody gets a snake on the second Sunday. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we are excited to wrap this up, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.